Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money. And today, Jeff's taking us on a travel escape to Mount Hood Territory near Portland, Oregon.
Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Travel Tuesday on Millennial Money. As Shauna mentioned, we are taking you guys on a really great tour of the Mount Hood territory up in Oregon. Um, Oregon is one of, I think, one of the most beautiful states in our country, and it's our neighbor in California, um, state neighbor. And uh, I've been to Portland uh, a few times, um, and I've heard of Mount Hood, uh, but I never got a chance to really know what that is, and let alone explore the area. And so this was my chance to actually get a chance to check out so many great areas in the Mount Hood Territory. Uh, The fine folks at Mount Hood Territory invited me, and I had to say absolutely yes right away. Um, I totally fell in love with with this area, and now has bec- I'm a big fan. I really be- have fell in love with a lot of this area. So I'm flying solo on this episode because Sean actually could not make this trip with me. Uh, she was in San Francisco on business that week, so uh, it, was, it was one of those like, oh man, I wish you were here, and, and then I love San Francisco, so I wish I was there as well too. But anyway, so Mount Hood Territory, it, it's really this big sprawling collection of cities, communities, and mountain areas, which is located uh, really on the outskirts of Portland. You fly into Portland, you hop in a car, and boom, you're right in the Mount Hood Territory, depending on where you go. But it's, like I said, it's pretty sprawling. They have mountain areas. They have um, pristine lakes and rivers you can go check out. Um, you know, so there's really a lot to there's a really uh, Some of the best skiing in the, in the world is there. In, in fact, uh, and they, they have skiing all year round on uh, actually Mount Hood. And our U.S. ski team will actually be training there this summer. So, but skiing is not the only thing to do there. I mean, really, uh, like this time of year and during the summer, uh, spring and summer, you know, mountain biking, hiking, fishing, uh, exploring, like I said, all the pristine rivers and, and lakes that they have, and that they have there, uh, let alone, you know, stand up paddleboarding and kayaking, uh, and, and swimming, of course, you know, there's just so many things to do. The food scene is really great there. Uh, the, the wine scene, uh, and of course, Oregon is one of the, if not the top craft brewing, uh, states in the entire country, if not the entire world really is the craft brew Mecca, if you will. And there's so many great, uh, breweries all through, not just in Portland as, but as well. And it's growing more and more in the Mount Hood territory. And I actually got to check out several of them, um, you know, and just absolutely love them. I'm like, oh man, I wish, <laughs> wish I had these in my neighborhood here in LA. So, uh, so we have a really great collection of locals. We talked to beer maker, uh, travel expert, uh, a farmer who has a really unique uh, place, head chef, and, and really kind of got, uh, you know, this really cool collection of interviews to give you this tour of, of this awesome area of Mountain Hood Territory. Um, I, there was several places that I, I loved, uh, you know, when I, when I went there. And so we'll actually have a list of those places, some of my favorite places uh, on our show notes. So check that out. Uh, as well as some really great pictures and links to these places. So, so like I said, so Mount Hood Territory is just this beautiful area. Um, so ch- I really in- hope you enjoy uh, this tour of the Mount Hood Territory. A time is ever Wow. 
Okay, so before we get started, the song you just heard uh, is one of my favorite organ bass bands, Blind Pilot, and their song, We Are the Tide. Uh, I just love this uh, band, and since we're talking all things Oregon and the Mount Hood Territory, I thought that was a fitting song, uh, intro song there. Uh, So first up, uh, on our list of interviews here is David Voden, who is the brewmaster of Oregon City Brewery. And uh, like I mentioned before, Oregon is the craft beer capital, craft beer mecca. And there's so many breweries to discover there. And this award-winning brewery, uh, the Oregon City Brewery, also has this partnership with OP Worst, which they create these awesome uh, and just delicious hot dogs and sausages i had for lunch the mac and cheese dog with mac and cheese just dumped all over uh this beautiful uh hot dog that i had they also have this really great uh, outdoor patio and this time of year is a beautiful time to you know go grab a beer go grab a hot dog and just chill out so uh we're going to talk to david as he tells us why oregon is such a great place to make craft beer Okay, cool. All right, David. Well, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. So tell us about uh, the uh, Oregon City Brewing that we're actually uh, in right now. Yeah. Um, so we're about two and a half years old. The owners started it out of their garage mm-hmm. and uh, family-owned business, and they uh, eventually got this building in downtown Oregon City, which is a pretty historic building. It's been around a long time. A lot of right. businesses have come and gone through it. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, they... Um, just made a huge renovation over the last year, which is when I came on board. Um, got all new equipment, did a bunch of capital improvements, and uh, now we're kind of locked in with room to grow in here. Right. Now you're actually a legit brewery yeah, company. We're, yeah, we're making a lot more beer and <laughs> right, right, doing right. a lot of different styles. Right. So and, how much yeah. are you making then, like per season and stuff? Yeah, I think we're going to make, uh, we're on pace to make like six or 700 barrels this year. A beer barrel is 31 gallons or basically two kegs. Right. Um, so... Uh, that's a huge um, bump up, probably about 200% of what we made in our right. first year of production. Right, right. And so how many do you usually make around? Like, what are you making right now? Like, how many do you have on tap? Yeah, we have uh, a lot of beers on tap. We have, like, 20 beers on tap. And it'll, you know, come and go as the seasonals drop off. But um, we'll have eight or ten beers that are, are available year-round, you know, IPA and pale ale and Pilsner, right. things that um, the customers have, you know, come in and they expect. But right. then, um, yeah, we try and just make a couple of new things each month so that there's always something new for people to try. Right. And you guys also have something like you have growlers as well as, like, in cans as well, too? Yeah. So we've got a cool thing that's new called the Crowler. Um, okay. It's a, basically a growler in yeah. that we fill it on the spot for many of the 44 taps. Okay. Um, it's an empty can with no lid on it. We'll yeah. fill the can, and then we put the lid on it and seal it right there on the spot so oh, cool. it's the benefit of a growler that it's fresh beer you know right. that you get to choose and you know that it was filled just that day right. uh but without the drawbacks of a glass growler so mm. like you could take it camping or right. to the lake or to right. a public pool where glass isn't allowed um right. easy right. to pack in and out um and it keeps really fresh or you know it doesn't go flat sometimes growlers the lid will leak or something and so sure. it's got some extra benefits of being a can right yeah right. um so yeah 32 ounce cans and 64 ounce glass Glass growlers available to go. Um, we don't package in bottles or cans, um, so like we're not available at supermarkets mm-hmm. or a plaid pantry or something yet. But right, right. yeah, right. And then you guys also have like uh, so. What, what types of beers are you having right now? Like this 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 time of season, seasonal wise. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, wise, yeah. So going into summer, like light beers, mm-hmm. fruit beers. Sure. Um, so we got like a cherry wheat coming out this week. Uh, we're making our sour beer that we have on all the time today. Um, but we're going to go through a lot of IPA. We're going to make some seasonal like double IPAs or seasonal IPAs. Um, we've got an IPA with mangoes that's coming out next month. Mm-hmm. So a lot of just fruitier and right. summer beers, 
things, you know, light beers, things people like drinking out on the patio. Right, right, right. And you guys have a nice patio out there, too. Yeah, yeah. uh, About half the seating is out on the patio, and it's funny because in the winter, 100% of the people sit inside, (laughs) and in the summer, 100 people, you know, sitting outside. No one wants to sit inside. Yeah, yeah. The sun's out. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. so that's a huge draw. And uh, the intersection that we're at here is one of the busiest in the area. 11,000 cars a day on average go through there. Mm. So on a hot summer day, when you have 100 people sitting out front drinking beer, it it ends up, you know, snagging a few people that weren't (laughs) planning on drinking beer. But they can't exactly. resist when they exactly. see it. Exactly, yeah, exactly. We're gonna drive by, get get our errands done, come back. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, after work or something. Yeah. And then we're actually sitting. You guys have a really cool event space that we're actually sitting. Yep. In. Yeah. So the seats like twenty five to thirty um, comfortably, and we've had a lot of like anniversary parties, mm-hmm. birthday parties. Uh, Oregon City is a destination for weddings. A lot of great wedding oh, venues okay. in the area. So we'll do rehearsal dinners yeah. and just little parties before or after. Uh, we're also gonna try and do like beer dinners with our food partner mm-hmm. Olympia Provisions about four times a year. So mm-hmm. we have one of those coming up. Um, so yeah, it's available for rent. All the information's on the website, and people can you know contact us about it. Right, right. And tell us about your food partner too that you just mentioned. Yeah, too, so. uh, yeah. Olympia Provisions. People in Oregon would would know them right, well, right, and, right. and outside too. Um, they're a sort of farm to table sausage makers. Yeah. So they're like a full on USDA site at their warehouse where you know whole pig comes in the door. They do all the processing themselves. Um, they do a lot of like curing and fermentations, uh, lactic acid fermentations, which. Mm-hmm totally reeks. I went and saw that and boy, you open up the room into the lactic room and it's just like, boom, ammonia right, right to the face. Um, right, right. But it's really incredible and huge scale and really high quality. You know, they're not putting a bunch of crap into your food, you know, so um, really, really high quality and they will process it into like 50 different types of sausage, but they also have these five locations around Oregon or Portland uh, area that will do, you know, fine dining or this new model, which is here is the versed uh, menu, which is basically um, anything from a classic hot dog or a bratwurst to right. like these really creative um, hot dogs where they'll put mac and cheese on top mm. of the hot dog or right. one of my favorites is the Pock Pock dog which is okay. a collaboration with the Pock Pock restaurant right, it's right. got these oh, spicy chilies and like a papaya carrot slaw on top yeah, with yeah. curry ketchup I mean just right, incredible right. creativity and right. uh, really talented chefs working there right, right. Um, so it's really fun for us we wanted to focus a little bit into the German mm-hmm. style of mm-hmm. beers mm-hmm. Uh, we do a little bit everything especially the pacific northwest hoppy beers but um i personally love german lagers so that was kind of in our uh you know portfolio and the uh food just goes perfectly with yeah. it so we have a pilsner called provision pills that's sort of like a co-branded oh, nice. beer between us and they carry it at all their locations goes great with the food and then we're able to do these beer dinners and stuff and get really creative with how the beer and food work together The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. 
the price cannot be beat. And I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Okay, so next we're going to head out to the farm and speak with Narinda Varma, who is the founder of Our Table Cooperative, which is a co-op that is helping to create resilient and independent food culture around their local community. It is a beautiful grounds, this whole area uh, that they have there. They all, he's going to also talk to tell us about their grocery store that we actually had lunch there, um, the awesome mac and cheese that they all cultivate there. Um, you can hang out, grab some great food, grab, grab a glass of wine, and relax in, in the farm area. And they also offer outdoor farm-to-table dinners uh, right now under the stars during the summertime. So we're, we are sitting at your farm, and it's really awesome. Uh, tell us about, about this and where we are, actually. 
So we are about 15 miles south of downtown Portland uh, on a 60-acre farm in the suburb of Sherwood. Uh, we are not really in the city limits. We're outside of that, but um, that's our postal code anyway. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, we are in a little bit of an oasis here um, where just by some, uh, you know, vagary of, of how boundaries were drawn and things were developed, um, that we are sort of in this pocket of agricultural land surrounded by um, other, you know, more urban and suburban communities. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So within uh, about a five-mile radius of us, there's about 35,000 households. So it's a really pretty populated area. Right. And so tell me tell me about the farm and exact, exactly what you guys do. And you guys also have your own deli as well, too. Right. So the, uh, the farm itself is, as I said, 60 acres, and uh, we grow a wide variety of things. We grow about 50 to 60 different kinds of vegetables. Uh, we grow berries, uh, blueberries, strawberries, raspberries, blackberries. Um, and then we also grow um, chickens, both for meat and eggs on the farm. Right. We also do have some other tree fruit um, and nuts that are that we planted that haven't quite borne fruit yet. Um, but um, in addition to that, on the farm itself, we also have a full service uh, grocery store and, and deli. We have our own commercial kitchen um, that allows us to take a lot of the, the product coming out of the farm uh, kind of in a very direct um, way and make it into prepared meals. So everything from you know, season uh, pres- extension and preservation like jams and jellies t- and tomato sauce in the summertime uh, to full meals. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a little earlier, we ate lunch together, you know, at the at the deli and store and we had a mac and cheese that was made by the, um, you know, by the by the kitchen at the at the farm. Right. And were most of those ingredients here, actually? Is that at least what you produce? Right. So we, we happen to eat a mac and cheese, and we don't uh, produce grain on this farm yeah. or, or milk on this farm, but we do use a, um, we do have a milk and cheese producer who's yeah. a part of the cooperative uh, where those products would have come from. Right. Um, and then the, the pasta was probably just purchased, I would imagine, right. but it is organic. And, right. uh, you know, uh, that, that particular elbow pasta would not have been sourced from Oregon, but uh, right. as much as possible, we're kind of sourcing out of Oregon. Right. When we were just having a conversation about mm-hmm. natural, and mm-hmm. so many people are using that that term these days. What does natural mean to you guys? Well, I mean, we don't even use the word anymore because of the fact <laughs> right. that it's uh, really right. been bastardized so much and mis- misused. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, we are really, in terms of values, we're really about sort of open, uh, you know, honesty, transparency. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Michael Pollan's work, uh, but he had this sort of... Uh, little thing of uh, in a book that he wrote about, you know, well, what should you eat? And, and, and his thing was, well, if great grandma or grandma wouldn't recognize it as food, it's not food. Right. Um, so a little bit of what I like to tell people is that, you know, we don't have ingredients uh, or things in even our deli items that you can't pronounce or that you need a chemistry degree to understand. Right. Um, you know, this is real real authentic good food the same kind of thing that you would cook at home with the same kind of ingredients that you would use at home except that here everything is farm direct and of the highest quality possible sourced out of oregon right including you have a whole freezer full of meats or refrigerator right so i mean we are really trying to offer our customers our retail customers a, a kind of a full diet of Oregon-sourced organic foods. And our grocery store is unique in that over 75% of what we carry is Oregon-sourced and organic. So uh, one of the kind of odd things about that, of course, is that by being so locally sourced implies that we're also very seasonal, uh, which is sometimes difficult when people come in December and want a tomato. Uh, we don't have it. But then we also, also we grow a lot of sort of winter vegetables, and that's a great opening for a conversation with people of why the tomatoes in December taste so bad. Bad, right. um, and wh- why there are other things that grow, you know, at this time, uh, sort of in the winter time, that are a better, 
better thing to eat um, right. because they are locally sourced and they support the local economy, etc. Right. And you also uh, source out to uh, a lot of restaurants, sell to a lot of restaurants. Right. We do sell about at least half of our production goes into uh, restaurants and other groceries um, in the Portland metro area. Right, right. But and, and mainly people that are coming to the grocery store are people that live in this area. But you said that people from Portland come in mainly on weekends and stuff. That's correct. So, I mean, obviously on a daily grocery shopping experience is, is more for people who are locally based because there's that convenience factor. Um, but on the weekends, we do things like a monthly brunch event. We do weekly happy hours. When the weather improves, we do pizza nights. And then we also do sort of uh, farm-to-table kind of dinners um, in the summertime and other private events. And those things uh, are reach a much broader audience. People come out. We also do things like you pick or uh, uh, pumpkin patches in the fall and, and other sort of farmy yeah. Um, kind of you know touristy kind of events that bring people from a further afield, mostly again from the Portland metro area, but often tra- travelers from further afield who are coming to Portland, uh, you know, to experience a little bit of that yeah. Portland or myth, area, like yeah, or, or that Mount Hood area, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, in the area and stuff like yeah. that. And you guys actually have the dinners out in the far in the area, right? That's right. We do have a really nice little setup yeah. with a beautiful view of Mount Hood, where we host these dinners under lights and fire, and you know all that kind of stuff. So it's it's a really very very, very pleasant um, event. We try and plan it around full moon nights because there's really something very magical about having a sure. full moon rise over Mount Hood while you're eating. Right. You know. Right. And what kind, what kind of dinners? You said that you have the pizza ones, but what other kind of dinners? Can yeah, you so the, uh, the bigger farm-to-table dinners tend to be in partnership with local chefs um, and uh, really highlight the produce from the farm and the cooperative. The, the, the chefs will show up in the morning and sort of uh, figure out the, the menu a little bit and you know, we'll go and harvest the stuff and then, you know, it's served that very evening. So it's about the freshest that you can get. If, if While you're sitting at the dinner, you should be able to look around and see where a lot of the food that you're eating came from. Right, you know, right, right. Like the, so the, the strawberries or what? Right, right, right there. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Right. And that, that really is the purpose. And, you know, we do a tour um, of the farm before the event. And that's yeah. something that people really like to sort of make that connection. Okay, next we're going to head over to Mount Hood Tiny House Village and speak with tiny house expert and uh, host of the Mount Hood Tiny House Village, Janice Bassard, who we recently had on a podcast. Um, tiny houses, of course, they are all the rage these days, and it's a really great way to get away from it all, even though the, where they are actually located is just outside of Portland, about an hour outside of Portland. Each house is uniquely designed uh, with their own name and character, and again, usually they have a great view of Mount Hood. So tell us where we are. Right now, we are in Mount Hood Tiny House Village. It's up near Welch's, Oregon, about an hour outside of Par- Portland, Oregon. Right, right. And how many properties do you have here? Tiny house properties. Tiny house properties, yeah. So there are six tiny houses available for rent mm-hmm. here, and then my tiny house, which is a permanent residence. Right, right. And they're, and they're all different design, too, right? Yeah, all of the tiny houses here at Mount Hood Tiny House Village are different designs, although most of them are built by Tumbleweed Tiny House Company. Gotcha, gotcha. So what are some of the design... So um, we have a 24-foot tumbleweed elm design, which is the largest tiny house here. It has a space for sleeping for five, so families like to rent that one out. It's a pimp-friendly one. And then we have the smallest, which is, uh, her name is Savannah. All of the tiny houses have names and personalities. And that one is only 18 feet long, and it is a, a tumbleweed as well. Okay, cool, cool. And, and, and so, so the, the, you fit up to five in, in that, that one, and there's other ones? Are, yeah, are so there's two of the tiny houses here that can sleep five people. Um, that's with 
you know, some people sharing queen size beds. Right, right. So families or girl weekends are typically who rent those out. Right, right. And, and we're also close to, to ski resort and, and slopes and stuff like that. Too, Absolutely. Yeah. So people rent these out year round. Um, this year has been a really great year for snow. So there's three ski resorts nearby, Timberline, Ski Bowl, and Meadows. So people have been enjoying that and then coming back to their little cabin in the woods. Right. And so then if they're, if they're coming here for summer and stuff like that, what else is there to do in the area? In the summertime there's a lot to do as far as hiking fishing biking is big out here um so anybody who likes going outdoors being in the woods um there's something to do for everybody right and then also here on the property there's there's also like a pool and different things like that yeah there's a lot of amenities here and in the summer it's a lot of fun because they hold a lot of events they'll do movie weekends there's volleyball court we have a pool a spa a sauna um, and by spa, I mean like a hot tub. <laughs> and um, there's a gym. I use that all the time. Yeah. And just a lot lot to do. And it's it's luxury living in the woods, if you right. will. <laughs> right. But And you actually live here, too. You're, I do. We're actually in your tiny house right now. Yeah. Right now we're inside my tiny house. I am the tiny house host here on the property. So I kind of am here to answer questions about the tiny house village. Mm-hmm. And I live here year-round. Right, right, right. And and, and the, you, you also have, have events here, too, that you get people interested in tiny exactly houses. so we hold an open house about once a month here at the tiny house village it's always on um, sundays and we get a lot of people that show up and ask questions and get to tour all of the tiny houses and they just think it's kind of a cool idea and a lot of them come back and end up staying a night right what are some of the activities that you because you've only been up here a little bit right up uh-huh. in this area what are some of the activities you like to do, uh, do out in the area? In the area? Yeah. Well, um, I really like hiking. Yeah. I have a dog, so we go on long hikes together. I'm a snowboarder, mm-hmm. so I'll go up to Timberline. Right. There's right. a really cute little bar nearby called Skyway, and they have live music oh, um, yeah. three or four nights a week and right. really good barbecue food. So right. I like to go there a couple times a week, right. too. And there's a lot of other breweries up in the area, too. Yeah, like so there's breweries and wineries. We're yeah. on the Fruit Loop, which right. means um, you can do this scenic drive. And there's a lot of different uh, produce uh, farms, and you can go and taste produce as well. So, yeah, there's Hood River is not too far away as well, which has a ton of breweries and wineries. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to do. Right. So and uh, so uh, if people are coming here, um, and you said they've, they've been pretty popular too since you opened like last May, right? Yeah. So the Tiny House Village opened last May, and they've been really popular. Booked solid in the summer. You have to book a few months in advance right. to get in, right. or hope for a cancellation. So right. really right. popular. Right. Um, and then uh, how many how many properties actually do you have? How many houses do you have? Tiny houses? Yeah, tiny houses. Sorry. So there are um, six tiny houses available for rent here, and then mine would make seven, but mine's not. (laughs) It's not for rent. Yeah. Right, right. That's awesome. But, uh, and then are they planning to maybe add more? I don't think they're going to add any more tiny houses here. There's a lot of cabins available for rent here, too, and they also have yurts. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of. There's all kinds of. Yeah, they have a lot of unique (laughs) areas to stay in, but um, the company itself is going to open a couple more tiny house villages across the the U.S. Right. So there's actually in the works of one opening this summer in Washington and Leavenworth and right. one over on the East Coast near Boston as well. Right. Okay, cool. And But you're also uh, an expert in tiny houses too. So you <laughs> blog about it, right? I do. So I built my tiny house a little more than three years ago. Mm-hmm. I've been living in it for two and a half years and right. I've traveled over 25,000 miles with it right. all the way up to the Arctic Circle in Alaska and all the way down to the Florida Keys. So I blog about tiny house living, um, minimalism, and also travel on my blog, tinyhousegiantjourney.com. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club. 
a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right. Daily true crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short-form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, stay safe. From Foreign Policy, I'm Rena Nainen, the host of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women. Over the past few years, we've looked at how women around the world are changing societal norms to increase their economic power. This season, we're focusing completely on girls, how they're pushing for a brighter, more powerful future, and what the rest of us can do to set them up for success. Join us for stories about girl power, young women who are fighting for change, to give themselves a chance to live a life of their own choosing. That's season six of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so our last stop on our tour around the Mount Hood territory, we might as well go to actually Mount Hood. So uh, I actually spoke with uh, Jason Stroller-Smith, who is the executive head chef of the Timberland Lodge, um, which is at the base of Mount Hood. And so he's going to tell us about, I mean, you want to go with a chef, right? So he's going to tell us about uh, all the cool things to do at the Timberland Lodge, as well as so many of the great things to do around the area of Mount Hood territory. What are some of the things to, to do at the Timberland Lodge? Uh, well, obviously skiing and snowboarding uh, pretty much year-round. Um, the one thing that people have really started to take off is doing uh, snowshoeing. We've got snowshoeing that happens. Uh, there's a trail that goes around the mountain or around the lodge, mm-hmm. um, and, it's, and it's becoming a pretty popular sport. Um, in the summertime, the hiking around the Timberline Trail, there's a trail that does the whole circumference of the Mount Hood. Um, is very popular as well, and then we're also uh, one of the most popular stops for people that are hiking the Pacific Coast Trail the PCG trail in the summertime. Right. So when, when people are looking uh, to find your restaurants and, and the Timberline Lodge, where do they find it online? At TimberlineLodge.com. And then we have a pass for restaurants and dining. Right. Uh, and I, I really loved everything about visiting uh, the Mount Hood area and how beautiful it is. What are, what are some of the reasons or even places that you love about uh, the entire Mount Hood area? What I love about it? Yeah. Well, I guess it goes back to the central central location of the whole thing. You know yeah. that if it's uh, you know I can go down to the valley and be down in the Portland in about forty five minutes, or I can be on the east side of the mountains and down on the uh, on the high desert 
and in the sunshine. You know, one of our one of my favorite things to do is, uh, you know, if it's raining, uh, if I want to go golfing on my day off, and it's raining on the wet side of the mountain, I can just go on to the east side of the mountain and go golfing, and it can be, you know, 50 degrees and raining on one side of the mountain, and be 85 degrees and sunny on the other side of the mountain. Right. So the uh, and then, or if I want to, I can swing down to Hood River and go hit breweries and go hit the Fruit Loop and hit some farm stands, um, and then just all the natural scenery and hiking that's all around this area as well. Right, and you mentioned before that you, you said you, you have a, a wine background. What is what are some of the good wineries to to go check out in Mount Hood area? Jeez, uh, I guess <laughs> my, my <laughs> wife and I my my wife and I met in the wine industry down there, and I, I worked for nine years in the, mm. in Dundee, and right in the middle of everything. You know, my favorites are always. I always tell people that there's just so many. So there's so much good wine in Oregon. Um, my, but if I was to speak about my favorites, I always go back to the stand by the uh, pioneers of the Oregon wine industry. Mm-hmm. You know, they, not only do they make good wine, but I always love the passion of somebody that moved to a, an a area that wasn't producing a product and said, you know what, I think this is going to be a great place for making wine and settle down and make roots against all notions of whether this, this actually makes sense or not. You know, so the Ponzi family, the Domain, uh, the Druins, the Adelsheims, uh, David Lett from Irie, all these mm-hmm. pioneers, they just just all make great stuff. Right, right. And, and you also mentioned, too, that that, that uh, there's actually skiing up on top of Mount Hood and stuff like that. Do, and we have our, it's our national team that's actually training there this year? Uh, yeah, I think it's the national ski team and snowboard team. Yeah. 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 And, then, and then, They're doing some training for the upcoming Winter Olympics, I believe. Right. And then do you actually see a lot of skiers throughout the summer coming up as well, oh, too? Yeah. Yeah, two two thousand a day. Right. <laughs> wow, that's that's amazing that it's just. Uh, I mean, be, me from Los Angeles, California, it's it's weird that, that you actually see the snow up there uh, all year round like that. Yeah, there's a difference in the summertime and the wintertime because in the wintertime, yeah. you know, everybody's skiing all over the country. Uh-huh. But in the summertime, it, and it's starting to transition to that now because all the ski resorts are closing around the country, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you start seeing the parking lot kind of change its tone. And then it turns into the who's who of the ski and snowboarding industry that's here. It turns into sure. Hollywood on Mount Hood. <laughs> yeah, right. You start seeing right. all the all these rock star skiers and snowboarders um, just swinging through casually. I mean, you may not know them, but if you're paying attention or you know who these people are, lots are they're up here skiing in the summertime. Right. Uh, so outside of your restaurants, uh, there, what have you noticed in the food scene in the Mount Hood uh, territory area? Um, and, uh, you know, I've really, we've had a few other restaurants that are opening up in, in, in the, from Hood River down into Welch's of people that are really focusing, uh, on really doing some quality product and there's doing, there's just a lot of great food right now. Um, so I think our, our food, uh, culture as a Northwest is sinking in more. Um, and there's just people that are uh, creating really good product. My wife and I just love to go out to eat right now. Right. What are some of the places you like to go to these days? Uh, Skyway in Rhododendron, hmm. Alberta Loco in Welch's. Uh, we really like going to Freem Brewery in uh, Hood River, Mount Hood Brewing Companies in Government Camp. Right. Yeah. Double Mountain, I mean, it, Double Mountain it, Brewery. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it sort of seems like the, the whole area is, is, is changing a little bit with, uh, with the food scene. Yeah, it's, well, with, with, uh, with the, the customers coming in and everybody just keep getting busier and busier with tourists from people wanting to see the area, the, the food patterns stay right along with that. Right, right. Do you think that has to do with also like Portland sort of expanding a little bit more as well? Yeah, Portland's busy. There's a lot of restaurants there. 
Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. and there uh and there's a lot of really, really good restaurants and I think that a lot of people are probably hearing about that more so. I mean, mm-hmm. you would know that more than me bringing from Southern California. But mm-hmm. the it, you know, the I think Portland's always had good restaurants, but it does seem like there's more and more opening every week. <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah. What, what, and, you, and you, you know, you can only eat so much in the city before you want to take a drive out of the city to go see some other things. So, yeah, well, I think I think that's also too the the, the really unique thing about the, and the reason why I wanted to kind of you know tell the story too is that you know Portland is such a great uh, uh, place to go visit, but then you just go outside a little bit outside the city and you're in this whole Mount Hood territory, and it's just it's really yeah. amazing. Yeah, I think these uh, these guys. Uh, um, I don't know them personally, but they had a. Uh, a uh, Scandinavian restaurant in Portland called Broder. Um, mm-hmm. and they opened another one, Broder Nord, and they just opened one in Hood River. And I think mm-hmm. we're seeing that more and more now that well, of, rest, of chefs and restaurateurs um, having the restaurants in the city, but then saying, oh, well, there's this whole mm-hmm. segment of customer base that is doing this on the weekends too. Right. That we can that we could take advantage of and cook in a different area, um, work with, get to know other um, vendors and that kind of thing as well. So we're seeing that more and more. Right. Uh, last question: what, what do you think would surprise people about uh, when they would come visit Mount Hood? How many things there are to do mm-hmm. in the area, um, and just the different types of accommodations and how. Generous, I guess, uh, genuinely welcoming we are to customers. I mean, I tell people that all of our, you know, all of our employees are like amateur photographers. You know, everybody's <laughs> taking photos because we work in this place that's just so beautiful that, yeah. you know, you see uh, tourists that are taking photos and stuff. A lot of times there's employees and people that live there right there along with them. I mean, it's just a mm-hmm. special place like that, you know. And so, and couple that with our lodge and our hotel that's, that means so much to Oregon, Oregonians in general, it's not lost on the employees, you know. So it, it's a bit of a different feel that you get um, from a hotel in a city that doesn't have that historical and personal nature behind the whole thing. And, so, and I think that when people come here, that can be surprising to them in a good way where they're like, I didn't expect that. that you know, you guys really care about this place, and it's genuine hospitality. Yeah, and you're proud of where you're at, and it's such a special experience. We we just feel honored and that we're here as stewards of this place, that we're able to share that with the customers that are coming. And yeah, and it, really, it, it seems like it really translates too that 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 they're that they really care about. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Where, where are you going? What what are you seeing? You know, where are you eating? Yeah. That that's what, how it sort of felt everywhere I kind of went. Yeah, because we all get it. I mean, there, yeah. I, well, there there are so many people that work and live up here that have lived their whole lives up here, and then people that have moved here and not moved away. Um, I'm going on 10 years on and off, yeah. and I went away for a little bit, but I went away knowing that I was going to come back. I wanted to prepare myself for when I could come back. But right, I have right. cooks and chefs in the kitchen that have been here for 10, 15 years because, mm. you know, there's no reason to leave.
everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC.